Reading tonight from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. We like to know of of things that are dependable. But in this text from Isaiah, we read that the mountains will depart and uh, that the hills may be removed as well. Most of you who have lived in Portland for a while or on this side of the, this part of the West Coast are well acquainted with Mount St. Helens. We actually heard about that too. It was a pretty big deal. And uh, a lot of that mountain was removed. Did you notice? Some of it came in little pieces and floated throughout this part of the country and and through several states, actually. So the scripture stands true, doesn't it? Mountains may be removed and hills may, may be leveled. But we're not too concerned about that because we know what stands firmly and where we stand with the Lord. That we have found salvation to be a solid rock that we stand upon, that Jesus is our Savior, and we appreciate that greatly. But you go on to the rest of that, that particular scripture, and it says that, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed. If you read that quickly, you might miss the fact that they use removed twice and depart twice. In one context, it's the removal of the mountains or the hills, and the other is a reference to the fact that what's remaining stable, and that is that the kindness, my kindness, shall not depart. I read that, that the Lord's kindness is being spoken of here. Maybe you read it differently than that. My kindness, the Lord speaking to all of us is saying, my kindness shall not be removed. And my peace, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed. It's a little different. A covenant is an agreement. It's a joint agreement, possibly in this case, a joint covenant something that more than one person is involved in. In this case, God's involved in it, and we are involved in it. So as a joint covenant, there's an agreement. Once we find out that we can agree to what God says we should agree to, we want to agree to his conditions, we want to agree agree to his words and his contract. It's a something that can be very, very solid if we allow it to be so. The covenant of my peace. Think of that. An agreement between God and you. Do you want to keep that covenant? 
Do you want to keep that agreement? Of course you do. Now, parents, I don't know what parents do. I have no idea. But sometimes I have heard that they'll make some kind of a arrangement with their kids. That if you make your bed every morning, you'll, you'll get a benefit for doing that. Maybe they pay you a quarter a day or something. I don't know. In the military, there's no agreement made at all. You just make your bed before you leave your room or your bunk or wherever you're living at the time. You do that. It's kind of a known thing that they've programmed you to do. But for kids in a, just a normal, ordinary home, there's got to be some kind of a, a arrangement to learn discipline around the house. And so you start out by making your bed in the morning. Maybe the other thing is to clean your room. That seems to be not as popular. But it's something that, that parents seem to desire for their kids to do. Am I wrong, parents? I think I'm close to right in that. And, and it's really, it's, it's a good idea. Now, now, dusting things in your room, that's a whole different story. I don't think that should be obligated. Because, uh, do you think, should, ki- kids would vote in on this one, I'm sure. Covenant, that's an agreement. That's something that we learn at home in this case. We learn to make arrangements with, with, with the authority, which is the parents. They're in charge, no matter what. You might think they still are in charge and they can make an Maybe you'll get supper if you make your bed. I don't know how that works. But ex, but you will find out that an, an agreement, that a covenant with your parents can be a good thing. Maybe you get to go on vacation with your parents. That's probably a good idea. Take the kids along. You don't want to leave them home by themselves, that's for sure. I don't think you should, anyway. I've babysat for kids that stayed home and the parents left, and and we we got along just fine. But uh, the parents had a little time off for good behavior, I suppose, and they got to go away. This is really not a silly verse at all. It's, It's a very serious message, actually. Saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. We are so glad that the Lord will have mercy on us. And he can tie things together in in such a short, uh, relatively speaking, short verse and and make us aware of this today that, that God is interested in us. He wants to be on our side. He is on our side. And he allows us to walk and follow him and to walk in his steps, if we will. Willingly, we have to do it willingly. We have to, it's got to come from our heart. It's got to be something that we want to do. And maybe at the beginning of the instruction that the Lord would give us as, as young Christians, we don't understand it all together. We're not supposed to understand it all. We're supposed to just follow in line and the Lord will give us the instruction as we go. He's a good God. He knows what, what's good for people. He invented people. So he should know what's good for them. He wrote the book. And we're glad he did. Let's call this part one. Part two is found in James chapter one, verse 17. This says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. You're wondering, 
where all this goodness comes from, all of the kindness of the Lord, all of the mercy of God, all of his uh, firm things that stand solid. Right here it says where they come from. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness. There's no alterations. There's no variations in, in, in what he says he'll do. He's not going to change it after he started it. He's going to remain constant. No variableness. Neither shadow of turning, just to emphasize the fact. People that wrote the Bible, incredible writers. Did you know that? They knew how to write. How they can put words together like this in, in such few, few, uh, few sentences at time. And then the preacher goes on and elaborates and elaborates and elaborates. But the, the word is good. It's solid. You can go back to the word and, and you don't have to spend a whole lot of time, but you can, you can too. And you can look at it and say, every good gift, every good gift. This time of year, people start thinking about gifts, maybe long before this time of year, especially special kids thinking about those gifts. What is that under the tree? And they shake it a little bit, maybe. It, it, are you allowed to shake it if it's been under the tree for a while? Maybe if nobody's looking, right? Don't wreck it. Don't unwrap it yet. Not yet and not till the rules. The rules are what? Either Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, however you do it in your house. But those, they look so beautiful. It's interesting sometimes like the, the gifts, they're not necessarily gifts, but the gifts that are wrapped out here in the uh, narthex, I don't think there's anything inside those boxes. Sorry to disappoint you. But they sure are pretty on the outside. And we kind of like that sometimes people get into those gifts. You ever notice how people unwrap gifts? It's probably a personality thing. Some are really slow. And they gradually take off the paper, you know, because they're going to use it again sometime in the future. And others, they're serious. They just get into that package, right? You can rip that stuff apart and find out what's inside because they just can't wait. And you can hardly wait till Christmas just talking about it, right? But you'll get your chance. But remember, in the Bible, where the perfect gifts come from, they come from above. The kind of gifts that, that have substantial, solid, lasts for a long, long time, long time, all the way into eternity, they come from above. When we pray, we don't often think of that because sometimes we, we put our head down to an altar, possibly. It's because it's comfortable. And we talk to the God of heaven who is above and around us and in us and with us. We're thankful for that. These gifts from God are unique. There's no gifts in the world like them. And we hear a lot about gifts. We heard about gifts tonight. That was a nice surprise, wasn't it? That was a nice surprise. Sure it was. Very good job on elaborating on that too. That was fun. Keeps us awake. You know, nobody's sleeping yet, are you? Let's hope not. We come to church, we want to stay awake. Some people get so distracted sometimes. They hear this little vibration in their, it's my phone, it's vibrating. It's like, don't they know I'm at church? Leave me alone, you know. We want to focus on the things that are real and important. The gifts of God 
are good. And they come from above. That's part two. Remember, it's from above. It stands alone as the ideal of all gifts. And it's the perfect gift. The perfect gift was Jesus. Jesus was that perfect gift of God sent down to save men from their sins. To take away that guilt, to take away that pain, to take away that burden, Jesus came as that perfect gift. He came to set us free from, from habits that we didn't even know where they came from. But they came all right, and they controlled people, and they do, until Jesus breaks loose those habits and rips them out and changes our way of living. And we're glad he does that. It is a perfect gift. Something good to think about at Christmas, of where these gifts all really come from. Though, you know, even though we're speaking of the gifts that come from above, so does that inspiration that God puts into the heart of people to give gifts. That desire to spread a little bit of joy. It's fun to give gifts, isn't it? It's fun when you get to give the gift. It's kind of nice to receive the gifts, but... Most of them we forget pretty quickly, or we wear them. Either way, they're nice gifts. We appreciate those gifts that we receive, but the fun gifts are the ones you get to give away. The ones you get to give to somebody who really is going to enjoy it. And of course, kids are probably the most enjoyable of all because they respond to that. And so do us adults, too, on occasion. We like that as well. But what about part three? I was wondering about that. If uh, we know that this everlasting covenant paid for by the blood of Jesus, we, we know that part. But sometimes, probably one of the hard parts is receiving that gift. Now, if I gave you something that you could materially see and I handed it to you and I said, this is a gift for you like we just saw a little bit ago, and we... we give it to you. They have to receive it. They didn't say, no, please, no, no, I don't want that. No, they willingly accepted the gift in total humbleness. And, and, and now they're blessed. And they'll be blessed even more eventually here. But that gift, we can, we can hand that up. But what about the gifts that come from God? Sometimes it's almost like we resist God to give us a gift. He wants to pour out his love upon us. He wants to save people from their sins. He wants to, he wants to heal them of, of afflictions. And, but there's, there's all those things, they come from God. And for some reason, we, 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 we hesitate for some reason. It's like, we need to get a lawyer to make sure that it's going to be okay. No, we don't. God already said it's okay. John chapter 1, verse 11 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Jesus bare that burden during his lifetime on earth in, in human flesh. No doubt as he went up that road, that, that road to Calvary before they would continue the, that, that horrible event, placing Jesus on a, on a cross that he brought with him, carried it as far as he could carry it, and then he had to have some help to get it the rest of the way. Jesus came up that road. And that burden that was on his burden was our sins. And probably one, one burden that would just be evident by reading the scriptures is the burden, the fact that he, he had been rejected. 
He had been rejected by his own people. He'd come uh, down into that part of the world, a very small area in which he, he, he spoke to people on a regular basis, it appears, according to the, the Bible, to convince them that God's gifts are the best gifts and that they should accept them. Accept them. If you accept me, you accept the Father and so forth. Jesus was bearing that burden as he headed up that lonely road to Calvary. He was all alone at that time in a sense, even though there may have been hundreds of people around. He was alone. Verse Verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave me power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Thankful for that verse, because that includes us. As many as received him, if we accept him into our lives, if we are willing to surrender to God and accept him in our lives and accept his plan and his will and all of his gifts and let that come down from above, transform our lives whether we be really good people to come before God or really, really bad people to come before God. Either way, he accepts us and we accept him and we receive what he has to offer. We can't change it, but he can change us. In another text in the Bible, it says that we are joint heirs with Christ. It's quite an inheritance, an incredible, an incredible inheritance. But it's that joint covenant agreement that allows us to become joint heirs with Christ. Accept that covenant. Believe in that covenant. Spend time there. That's part three and I'm done. We thank God tonight for the privileges the Lord provides, for the victories that he gives, for the power that changes hearts and lives, changes families, makes a huge difference in everything we do or say. We're going to stand and sing a song tonight, 480, and gather around the altars of prayer or in the pews and receive what the Lord has in mind for us tonight.